The You're Still Here podcast is proudly brought to you by Bailey's Irish Cream. We wanted to be brought to you by some sort of corned beef and cabbage to celebrate St. Patrick's Day, but I don't even know what one brand of corned beef and cabbage is. So we're just going to go with the standard Bailey's Irish Cream, even though I do not know if it's Irish. You never know when it comes to those. You can name something Bailey's Irish Cream, and all of a sudden you find out that it's made in St. Louis. So, yeah, our non-sponsor sponsor of the week is Bailey's Irish Cream. St. Patrick's Day just took place. And I'm going to be dead honest with you. It, it was never my holiday the same way Boston was never my city, despite me choosing to spend four years there. It is our national holiday, and we will celebrate it properly, okay? But yeah, not my holiday. It never has been. It, it's too pale of a holiday for me. I have too much skin pigment. My nose is too big. I'm disqualified. I'm just disqualified from the holiday. And please don't give me one of those. Oh, no, but everybody is Irish on St. Patrick's Day. No, they're not. They're not. You have to be a certain level of pale. If you don't require SPF 50 or higher, you shouldn't be anywhere near that St. Paddy's Day parade. Like that guy, speaking of Paddy, like Paddy Pimblett, who just fought. Yeah, he's clearly English. He's a big Liverpool fan, but he can go right front and center in that St. Paddy's Day parade. Paddy the Baddie on St. Paddy's Day. Mark Zuckerberg, lad, I'm going to punch it at him. In defense of uh, the Irish folk, I always hated those scumbag Italians who tried to claim like somehow the holiday was also their own and that classic excuse, well, you know, St. Patrick, he was Italian. What do you mean St. Patrick wasn't Irish? You don't have to hijack their holiday. But it- These Irish people, what do they have? What meals did they have? Corned beef and cabbage and potatoes. The least you could let them do is have a goddamn holiday. This whole day is a sham. Growing up in New York, even though the St. Paddy's Day parade is huge, and I have a bunch of Irish friends, and they always had that circled on the calendar, I was a once-every-few-year guy. I would dip my toe into that pool and try to enjoy the peripherals of St. Paddy's Day. It was just never my holiday. And, um... I always want. I always wanted to dress up like uh, the Riddler from Batman Forever. That specific. I want the full cartoonish green spandex. If you know the scene where he enters the Batcave and he's blowing everything up, that's how I've always wanted to enjoy a St. Patrick's Day party. But you know, the opportunity has never really presented itself. I, I just don't have that level of like a an embarrassment force field around me. Like, you know, those people in life who truly just do not give a shit about how they're perceived and they can do anything. One of my friends one time, I'll never forget this. He held his horn down on the whole way home from the mall. We went to the mall and then on the way back, he just held his car horn down the entire time. And every single person is driving by him and honking and getting angry and like, wait, what's going on? And I have the worst secondhand embarrassment. I'm trying to pantomime. Like, I don't know. You know, that's the guy. It's not my decision. And and this is the kind of personality I am. But if I was like the guy who was driving that car and I could hold that horn, oh, I'd be dressing like the Riddler on St. Paddy's Day. I would. I'm Batman. You know, I have told you guys 
many times that you should not go on Twitter. Twitter is a wasteland. You're hardly ever going to find things that are going to make you feel better about the world, make you feel better about yourself on Twitter. However, there are always outliers, and I was able to find that thing earlier this week. I found something on Twitter that made me thoroughly happy. I was very happy after reading this. Now, you can only imagine what it is, right? Well, here's what I found. I found a tweet from this guy. His name is Rolf Deegan, at Deegan Rolf. And it says, meditation failed to provide any measurable benefits under rigorous testing. And then he provides the link so you can actually see these extensive tests that were performed. The best part about it is it's a rigorous testing, not like your standard amount of testing. It was put through the American Gladiators final. This was put through the aggro crag, the true testing. And do you want to know what the results were? Meditation failed to provide any measurable benefits under rigorous testing. Rigor, not standard, not like a one or two... Meditation was put to the test, rigorous tests, and it failed. And do you know how happy that makes me? Now, look, I can go into the specifics of this test. You know what? How about I just read this? And maybe I can read it in an exciting fashion. I do have some cold reading uh, experience under my belt from back in the day. So let's see if I can do this. I'll read this live. The study was powered to detect all but small effects employing active control interventions, larger and more diverse samples of participants, multi-method measurement approaches, and assessments of potential differences between specific practice elements, and neither meditation intervention reliably impacted participants' subjective experience, biological stress reactivity, or objectively assessed daily behaviors. Further, Post hoc moderation analysis found that neither baseline distress nor intervention engagement significantly moderated the effects. Conclusion results from this trial, which was methodologically rigorous and powered to detect all but small effects, were essentially null. Now, I don't know how to explain all that in a <laughs> simplistic manner, but if we're to trust the test, it really makes me happy because I think about all the hours, all the namaste, all that meditation, all the drop the sand in the water and then there goes your stress. Think about the sand dissipating into the water and now your stress is dissipated with the sand. No, it's not. It's actually not. And it really makes me happy to know every yoga studio on the West Coast, every hot yoga, cold yoga, we're going to do all this yoga. They are no better off than a guy in a closet yelling about the scam of the week. And it really brings a smile to my corroded metaverse face that the yogis, the namaste folk, have been doing all of that for nothing. Nothing! You lose! <laughs> God, you know, I really am a miserable prick. <laughs> <laughs> You're a cheat and a swindler. 
That's what you are. I, really, what I take from the tests actually have nothing to do with meditation. It just reinforces two things that I already know. Number one, you can convince people anything. You can convince people anything. These people have been doing meditation for 15 years. And they've been thinking the whole time, like, wow, I feel great today. Just lying to themselves right in the mirror. Just looking at themselves saying, I'm great, as they're a house of cards just ready to collapse at any second. That's what I learned from this meditation study. And also, my God, you know what? I mean, I don't know if we can play the whole music and do everything, but this was all a scam. Huh? I think this qualifies for more of a scam of the decade, the scam of a couple decades. I mean, this, this, I'd say this is a good 30-year scam. I mean, the whole, if you look at, look at the Buddha, Google Buddha, and he's sitting cross-legged, and he's got the thing. It's a scam. The meditation Buddhist scam. Now, by the way, if there are Buddhists out there, I really don't even know what the hell. I don't know if meditation is even a part of Buddhism. But, I mean, all I know is what a scumbag I am. Here's what I know about Buddhism. Reincarnation and some sort of peace. That's really all I know. What a dirtbag guy. You're a cheat and a swindler. That's what you are. But now on to more customary things that I have talked about <laughs> on a weekly basis. And that's horror movies. Because last week I discussed that movie Fresh. You know, the one that was on Hulu uh, about feasting on the asses of Instagram models. But uh, right after I taped the podcast last week, that night I actually watched Scream 5. Now, as I have mentioned many times, like if you're a scummy horror movie, I have an extremely low bar of expectation. I almost perceive you as a comedic film. But if you are a legitimate, big budget studio productions, my expectations deservedly go way up. And, you know, just like every other major motion picture of the last 10 years, it was an absolute steaming pile of horse shit. And just like you'd imagine, of course, it checked every single industry box at the expense of the actual reason we went to go see the movie, which was entertainment. And by see it, I just mean click rent now on Amazon. Obviously, never buy now because that's one of the biggest scams there ever was. But just just, just so you know, I mean, you already knew this, but another major motion picture has been hijacked by the disease or let's just call it, it's the cancer that permeates the entertainment industry. And it's claimed another victim, which is the Scream franchise. We knew it was coming. I mean, it's coming for another one next. It's just a matter of what. Jaws? It's coming for Jaws. It will. A shark will still find a way to have to... Ch yeah, but it's a certain kind of shark and it's not being inclusive to those hammerhead sharks. Whatever the hell it may be. You know... Back when horror movies were actually scary, you know, like when The Ring came out. I know sometimes we go back and we watch movies like, well, that's not scary. But when it came out at the time, it definitely was scary. Movies like The Ring were like that. Even even um, when The Strangers came out, I don't know what year that was. That's almost not more than 10 years ago. But when The Strangers came out, it was a pretty scary movie. And after those type of movies, you have the immediate post-horror movie feeling where you still are kind of on edge. You almost feel as if the horror movie environment 
has now come to you. And all of a sudden, the same corner that you looked at before you left for the movie theater looks a whole hell of a lot scarier on the way back. It just seems like someone might be standing behind those bushes that you've looked at a million times in the previous week. And there's just a feeling. And I always remember that when I wanted to, like, cleanse myself of that feeling, like, after watching a horror movie, I would put on, like, Sports Center to make me feel better because there'd be the bright lights and the highlights, and all of a sudden, it would be like cleansing the palate after a wine tasting when you would put on Sports Center. Look, I mean, that was then. Now, if I turned on Sports Center, they're probably talking about the uh, Supreme Court and the Build Back Better deal. But back then, when they showed sports, it was a good way to kind of cleanse the palate. Honestly, by the way, doesn't that sound like something from Carl's Jr.? It's the Build Back Better deal. Add any five toppings of your choice, bacon, lettuce, tomatoes, horseradish, onions. It's the Build Back Better with Carl's Jr. <laughs> well, maybe if you actually turned on SportsCenter now, they'd be talking about the daylight savings bill that was just introduced. You see that? You see, after all these years, finally, they've now introduced a bill into legislation that's going to be voted on to just get rid of daylight savings time. And thank God, because I've brought that up on this podcast for a while. I mean, we're trying to Gregorian made big mistakes and we're doing everything we can. We're rotating clocks. We're adding days. We need to do everything we can. And by the way, if you want to know why I have no faith in the bureaucratic process, it took, what, 250 years just to get this on the floor? One that everyone knows should just, that's it. It should be a law. One, two, three. There shouldn't be any discussion. You think I have faith in any of whatever's on that Carl's Jr. Build Back Baconator? I mean, if we can't even get daylight savings time, you think I'm going to trust they're going to get through whatever they claim is in the Baconator? No, no. Sports Center's going off. By the way, and you know what's funny? Even though it's the most common sense thing ever, everybody should absolutely say, yeah, that's it for daylight savings time. There's going to be people who vote against it, and they're not even going to have to say why. Like someone's going to be like, no, we can't do that. We, we, we got to keep the daylight savings. Why? Why? And they're not going to give you a good answer. I mean, that's just what it is. That's why I also hate politics. They never actually have to give you clean answers. I've always said this. It's the opposite of the UFC. Like the UFC, Dana White gets to put the best fighter versus the best fighter. There's no hiding from it. We never get to actually see the answers we want. We don't get to see person A and person B. We don't get to see the top two middleweights vie for the title. We get these little snippets, but... If this daylight savings bill doesn't go through, we're we're never going to get to know why. We're never going to get to know why. We're never going to get that real answer. And that's why I'm never watching SportsCenter again. You know, when it comes to podcast material and things that I talk about, I'm always open to suggestions. I always say that if there's something you guys want me to talk about, just let me know. I'm happy to tackle any subjects that strike a chord with everyone on this show You know, scams (laughs) always seem to strike a chord with people. Like one of my brother's friends said, you know, in my life, I think 
99% of the times I hear the word scam are from your mouth. So I guess in day-to-day life, people aren't using the term scam as much as I am. It's all a scam, right? If you look around, we are seeing an exponential increase in scam-related content in the entertainment landscape, whether you're talking about the, the Tinder swindler or inventing Anna. There's even there's a show, I forget which platform, it's, it's called Lords of Scam right now. It's called Lords of Scam. Do you believe that? An actual show, Lords of Scam. And to be honest, I don't know how they didn't add the word the in there. Like, how do you not do that? It makes it sound way better. Like Lord of the Flies, Lord of the Scam. Actually, I do know why they didn't name it Lord of the Scam. It's because they'd have to pay me copyright every time they use it because we all know there is one lord of the scam and you're actually listening to him and that brings us to what somebody sent me this week a listener a podcast listener a listener wrote in and provided me with a scam that it really struck a chord with me uh, as a quote-unquote content creator i'll always hate that term But as a guy trying to specifically grow a podcast, and yes, screenshots were included with uh, this message, so we know it's not just, you know, baloney. But anyway, here we go. From a listener, a well-deserved scam of the week. It's a scam. That's a scam. What a scam that was. This was all a scam, huh? This scam is the Tinder stitcher. Not the Tinder swindler. Not the Tinder stat patter the tinder stitcher okay and we'll get back to what that actually means but online dating apps they have provided us no shortage of scams i mean there are so many different that you can go into i mean many times over the years including throughout the i know what you did online dating special i talked about those attractive girls who use online dating apps not to meet a guy but rather to boost their instagram follower count and I call these people the Tinder stat patterns. Now, you'd probably agree that's pretty detestable, right? You know, using something that's designed to meet people just to greedily boost your follower count so then you can promote some scam tea that's probably going to give people wacky-ass cancer. But, you know, if you like the tea, like I like Coke Zero, at least you go down the way that you want to go. But as I told you last week, drinking Coke will give you cancer. Big scam in and of itself. But back to this scam. So there, those are the Tinder stat patterns. Like I said, you would say that's pretty detestable, right? Well, naturally, with most bacteria, it eventually grows into something worse. So take that same concept and apply it to what this guy encountered. This guy encountered a girl who matched with him only to promote her new podcast and opened with, hey, you should listen to my podcast and tell me what you think. And I'm happy he sent me this message because I'm going to listen to her podcast and tell her what I think. This guy, he goes on to listen, and the girls are literally bragging on that very podcast about how they know that most of the people who are probably listening to this episode are people who they met on dating apps. Literally, like boasting about their crime boasting about their crime on the very show that the people who those crimes were perpetrated against were listening to. Do they think there's going to be a high retention rate here? Do they think these are going to be returning listeners? 
Do they think they're going to be like, oh, yeah, I'll stick around for episode two. I mean, I've just realized I got fucked in the ass and insulted. But, you know, how about we see what they say next episode? No, your only recourse is never even listening to one more. So when they track those week one to week two numbers, they realize, oh, maybe we shouldn't be disgusting fucking criminals with how we go about attracting listeners. How about we try the one thing that so few people actually try to do these days, which is, oh, you know, make entertaining things that people want to come back and listen to. So yeah, this girl matches with people just to pump her podcast numbers and then never responds to any messages after that. Now, as a guy who asks you listeners to kindly share clips, I tell you all the time, share the podcast with someone who you might think would enjoy it. Or when I give you my Patreon or my Venmo, that, in my opinion, is the honorable standard way to do it. If you enjoy it, help me out. If you don't, I understand. But no, no, not enough for these people. Like, this is just yet another example of this next generation having the Eric from Billy Madison level of business ethics applied to their work, which is zero. Zero business ethics. And the wildest part is they don't even know that it's scummy, which is why they were boasting about it on the podcast. It's like... I I keep going back to this. You used to be told that false advertising was the worst thing you can do. Now it's literally celebrated. It's the number one thing you do with your thumbnails, with your Tinder buy. Everything is false advertising. There is not one standard advertisement. It's always a gimmick. What can I use to hoodwink someone into a click? They never want to earn your click. They want to scam your click. And while we can all agree that the Tinder swindler is an absolute scumbag for the tactics he applied and everything that he did, the same universal outrage absolutely needs to be applied to the Tinder stitcher. And if you're wondering why this person's called the Tinder Stitcher is because Stitcher is another podcast platform, actually a pretty popular one, that you can find the You're Still Here podcast on. So if you're one of those people who's got a weird device and a weird app store, one of those uh, uh, Google, what the hell is it called? The the Google where you push it to the Chromecast. If you got a Chromecast, go to your Chromecast store and download Stitcher and you could be listening to the You're Still Here podcast. But one thing that's for certain, you will not match with me on Tinder and have me pushing it there. But, you know, I could. You know, I should do that. I should do that. I understand it's not going to work to the level because if you're even a relatively attractive girl, you'll still get every single gargle. To, oh, I'll listen. Can we go out? But I... I can still apply this to myself. I can literally make myself jacked in every single one of my pictures. I will provide the most handsome version of myself and literally swipe right on every single disgusting person I see. And my first message will be, hey, download, subscribe, and listen, and I'll take you to Carl's Jr. for the Build Back Better Baconator. And by the way, I I told the kid to, to send me the podcast because I had to know for sure. I had to know for sure, like uh, in Halloween Resurrection, before Jamie Lee Curtis goes to kill Michael Myers, she goes, I have to know it's him. I have to know this girl's podcast is full shit. And yep, there it is. Full shit. You know, like the, the Full Send podcast? Well, this was the Pure Shit podcast. 
as expected. There were two girls on this podcast. Uh, they were probably were at home watching Call Your Daddy saying, oh, my, oh, you know, that's us. That's us. When we talk, we're just like that. We'll be the hit of the town. No, no, you're not. You're two assholes from outside Philadelphia. The highlight of your year was being left on scene by Joel Embiid one time. That's who you guys are. But, you know, if I ask these girls about the podcast and something like that, I'm like, ah, you know, I don't know. You list yourself as comedy. It didn't really strike a chord with me. You know what they would probably say? Well, you have to get our sense of humor. Nothing worse than that, by the way, when someone tells you, you ever deal with someone like this? Like, oh, oh, I want someone who gets my sense of humor. Translation, you want someone to laugh at something that isn't funny. This is not the Da Vinci Code. If somebody isn't getting it, you ain't giving it. Get it? <laughs> like, it's not on the laugher to decipher what your shit undefined sense of humor is. It's incumbent on the laughy to make that apparent. Like, the difference between my inside jokes and your inside jokes is when people learn mine, they laugh. When people learn yours, they're disgusted, unless you're hot, and then they'll fake a laugh, hoping that that laugh parlays into, like, three more seconds of hanging out. You are three seconds away, and the rock means three seconds away. This is honestly what TikTok is, by the way. It's a, it's a conglomerate of imbeciles whose humor you have to quote-unquote get. One of my favorite things on TikTok are these accounts that just like state the obvious as if it's world-breaking revelations, like they've invented electricity. I saw this one guy, it was like on a podcast setup, so he's, you know, I guess not too dissimilar from a setup like I have. He goes, when you break down influencers, you know, it's interesting, if it's a girl, typically there doesn't actually have to be any content of substance. They just kind of have to be attractive. But with a guy, I mean, usually they have to be doing something that people actually want to be paying attention to. Oh, really? Thanks, Stephen Hawking. Thanks for teaching me something that I already forgot back in Gargoyles 101, intro to Gargoyles, that me and the twerkers are actually vying for the same set of guy's eyes. So if you want them to take an eye off an ass and put them on you, you're going to have to be presenting something worthy of watching. And let me tell you something, those two girls were absolutely not doing that. Also on TikTok, I saw a, a video that I, I determined it's where rat culture meets DM culture. These are two new cultures. Rat culture is where you just screenshot people's everything and upload it to the world. And DM culture is this underground that exists where people are having all these convos and doing all these things via the DM. So there's this video of a girl on TikTok. It's like a classic hot influencer girl, and she's showing you her Instagram. So it's like a green screen video, and you're seeing her Instagram homepage on the back, or behind her, rather. And I told you one time about a friend of mine who he's got major juice on Instagram, you know, and... All he would have to do is double tap a picture on someone's profile and within a matter of minutes, he'd be DM'd and a matter of hours, he would have this person meet up with him and in a matter of a day would be having sex with them. Now, I want you to take that concept and 
like multiply it by two. So in this video, this girl shows, she swipes up on her story and shows that Adam Levine, he's the guy from The Voice, right? I got that right, Adam Levine, that he simply viewed her story. And then? And then she goes back to her homepage, so swipes down and opens a DM with him and starts the process. So literally... I thought like the easiest thing ever, I tried explaining to you guys a couple months back, like, oh my, can you imagine that? Double tapping a picture and then all of a sudden you're hanging out with the person in your wildest dreams, things wouldn't be that easy. Well, it even got one up from there. All he had to do was literally look at her profile and she was willing to whatever, start the combo and here we go. Now, yes, could he have gotten her on her own? But the fact that simply looking at a picture can simply bring something to your doorstep is out of this world. It's so fake, like I said the first time, you wouldn't believe it if it was in the metaverse because you'd say, you know what, this is too easy. It doesn't even simulate life. Picking up girls in the metaverse is more difficult than it is for these people on Instagram who are fortunate enough to be a part of the Instagram upper crust. I honestly feel like I would struggle in metaverse sex. Somehow, I'd find a way. Like, you know, the, the, this metaverse sex is probably connected to your heart rate. They're going to know I'm huffing and puffing. <laughs> Mike, you imagine that? That would be me, by the way. I'd meet the hottest girl in the entire metaverse. She comes back with me. And I literally can't even last in a fake world. Only I would run out of breath as it was starting to get good. Can you make excuses in the metaverse? Like, are you allowed to lie? Like, can I make a real world excuse in the metaverse? Can I tell this metaverse girl, like, oh, I got long COVID. That's why, you know, I got to, I'm out of breath. <laughs> By the way, how many people are using that excuse in real life? The long COVID they're blaming their poor stamina on long COVID. That's a great excuse to be using right now. And the girl gets on top. Oh, I have long COVID too. It's just long COVID everywhere. <laughs> but yeah, man, the level of ease which this stuff comes for the Instagram upper crust, it's unbelievable. And, you know, not too dissimilarly from that, this isn't too far off. Uh, when I was visiting my brother in college, I was out with him and his hockey teammates, and, and you just forget that dynamic exists during college, that dynamic that it, it immediately evaporates after graduation. Like, I'm watching these kids with full hockey mullets, receded hairlines. They're pretty disgusting people, but because they're a part of the hockey team, they're part of this, it's almost in a small world, they are the Instagram upper crust, and they are are granted access to a group of people who I am 99.5% certain they will not have access to the second graduation commences. Like, I'm watching these kids, uh, full hockey mullets, talking to 10 out of 10 girls. These girls are 10 out of 10 girls that could literally uh, leave school tomorrow, walk down Fifth Avenue in New York City, and they will be offered a bottle service job within walking 10 blocks, they'll be making 250k a year. That's the level of hot some standard disgusting guy with a hockey mullet is talking to. 
But I mean, it's all because of like that local status. It's all it's all because of the perception. And, and I swear to you, with some of these kids, I went straight Billy Madison on them. Like I grabbed their cheeks, I grabbed their face. I'm like, stay here, stay as long as you can. For the love <laughs> of God, cherish it. <laughs> I'm telling you, these kids, they knew I wasn't lying. The way I looked at their face, I, I gave off like a real ghost of Christmas future vibe. Like they didn't question it. They weren't like, yo, what the fuck you talking? They were like, oh my God. Oh my God. Like this one kid, he was fucking around with this girl, playing games with her. But then all of a sudden he's like, no, no, no. Hey, hey, well, yeah, let's get out of here. Goes and leaves with this girl because he knew he better not be playing after I had that talk with him. You gotta cherish it. You do. I actually needed something very similar when I was younger. I needed a, a ghost of Christmas future type person to, to come when I was a kid. Not so much when I was in college, but when I was a kid watching these Disney movies. I need, I needed one of these ghosts to come and tell me, hey, buddy, that's not how things work in the real world because I got screwed. I've probably mentioned this before by the nature that was depicted via the movies. Because in real life, the ghost of Christmas future would have told me, hey, look, man, Charlie Conway does not get the girl. The girl sees Charlie Conway, go, takes a look at his poor house after his mom gets out of the diner, plays with his head a little bit, and then ends up going home with the guy from the Hawks. And if it's 2022, that guy also has a video of her blowing him on his camera roll. I don't know, like some euphoria type shit. That, that's what would happen in the modern day Mighty Ducks. Even even when the Ducks win at the end of the movie, like, oh yeah, maybe Charlie gets her. Nope, nope. She's staying exactly with the guy from the Hawks. Maybe just that night after the loss, she's going to have to endure some post-midnight choking on St. Patty's Day weekend. And Ducks fly together. That's right, Jan. I will tell you this. It's something I was thinking about. I want to know how many referees in sports have like an AirPod in and are actually just listening to shit as they're on the field. Because here's how I know it happens. When I was in California and needed to make some extra money, I refereed kids playing hockey, and I had an AirPod in. And it wasn't an AirPod at the time. It was some other one, but you couldn't see it. And I would be listening to Bill Burr as I was refereeing children play hockey. And what I'm trying to say is, that's the bar. We know it's happened. And unless you think I'm the only person in the country who did that, a question that I put out to you is, what's the highest level of sports that you people think a referee is actually just listening to something to pass the time? Because that's really what it was. I'm refing these kids. It was just so boring. So boring. And by the way, if you are someone who stayed in touch with me from those years, I apologize if you're wondering why I missed that phantom offsides or the tripping call. It's probably because I was listening to Bill Burr compare Jets fans to Artie Lang meets the Jersey Shore, which is one of the funniest references ever, ever, that will never get talked about. But uh, I used to I used to have an AirPod under my helmet that nobody could see and listen to podcasts as I was refereeing. What's the highest level that you think that's happening at? It's obviously not happening in the pros because of how many cameras are on the field. I'm willing to say I'm willing to say D three college minimum. I, I I can't guarantee D two, and obviously certain sports like basketball you can't do it because you just see the guy. But any sort of any sort of uh, sport where you can cover up your ear, I guess actually that limits you. But 
Let's keep it to hockey then. I know there's some headphones going on under there. I know there's some AirPods in there under the helmet so that people can help the boring-ass hours go by. And I don't feel bad about it. I don't. Because, man, was that a boring-ass job refing those kids. I got a random story for you that I told this week that I honestly feel like if I don't tell it, then uh, it will just leave the back of my mind, as many stories do. It's... uh, you know, it's a real carousel in my mind. You never know when something's going to make its way back. So I figured I would tell this. When I went to the Bahamas, one of the places that I'll never go back, I told you about those bugs there getting bit. I'll never go back to the Bahamas. So, yeah. Uh, but when I did go, I actually, I had a shirt, a shirt of one of my friends. Uh, his face was printed on it. And this was at a time where you weren't getting a lot of those design t-shirts. This was like the beginning of printed shirts like that there was no zazzle like you know what i'm saying where you can easily just throw something online and get a design shirt this was one i actually went to a place and had to have it made and brought the picture and and it was of my friend making one of the most absurd faces ever it looks like his jaws unhinged and i got it printed on a shirt because that's what young idiots do so we were down in the bahamas and we were in the casino the people from laguna beach were there if you can remember the show It was like a reality show. It was super popular on MTV. The people from Laguna Beach were in the Bahamas, and I'm shooting craps. And one of the main kids from the show, he's just, he happens to be playing craps right next to me. And I'm wearing this shirt of my friend's unhinged face on it. And he looks at it. Now, I have to remind you, this is a time where you're not just, you're not seeing random custom shirts all the time. So if you're seeing one, it seems like there maybe is a reason for it. He looks at me, the kid from Laguna Beach, and he goes, hey man, like when did your friend pass away there? And I looked down and I guess he he assumed that the shirt was like to commemorate someone who had passed away. And I just looked at him like, oh no, he's right there on table nine. And I just pointed... <laughs> And my friend is just, you know, drunk, acting like an idiot. And I think the kid kind of got upset that I <laughs> that I would print a man's face on a shirt out of no reason at all other than to be an asshole. You're a cheat and a swindler. That's what you are. I don't know how you're listening, but I always appreciate you guys listening. And unlike those pieces of Tinder stitcher shit who are using tinder to grow their podcast numbers i'm gonna do it the old-fashioned way and simply ask you guys to spread it for me let somebody know grow the podcast help me grow the podcast by sharing it with whoever writing those reviews you know the whole nine yards it was a pleasure as always i don't know sometimes i go in with topics in my head and maybe i forgot some of them i don't know but uh, thank you guys for coming back once again I will talk to you guys next week. Take it easy.